0: You are listening to Stand Out on LinkedIn, indispensable truths, tools, and tips, a show designed specifically to help you stand out. This podcast is for everyone looking to maximize their brand, network, career, and business initiatives, meaning finding a job, hiring, selling, and marketing. That pretty much includes most people. My team at Intero will be sharing their expertise and insight to get you one step closer to gaining traction and being a standout on LinkedIn. My team spends hours each day on LinkedIn, assisting companies in developing their brand, finding new talent for job openings, and even creating content to help professionals establish their credibility. The information they share on this podcast reflects what they see and do each day. If you're looking to stand out on LinkedIn, then you've come to the right place. Listen and receive actionable takeaways that you can utilize on LinkedIn to achieve your business and career goals.
1: Hi, welcome to another episode of Standout on LinkedIn. My name is Jim Cusick. Standout on LinkedIn is brought to you by Intero Advisory, the leader in LinkedIn sales, branding, and recruiting enablement. And we have a recurring guest, Matt Cullody back to talk to us a little bit about auditing a digital presence, what that looks like, best practices around that. And then obviously, we'll go into some some deeper things and some conversations. Specifically, we, we may use a, a company as an example, or we might just talk high level. Matt, how you doing?
2: Doing well. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me back on. Means the, uh, the last time I was on, I must have gone okay. So I'm excited to have a, a good discussion around uh, digital audits. And I'm sure we'll get into all different topics. So
1: yeah, to no, I think we got a good got some good feedback on the accessibility piece. Definitely had a few people, I know Colleen had a few people reach out to her specifically around what that is. And it's constant conversations for you. And it is a piece of that that digital audit that we do. And when I say we, we do it as a, um, a joint service for our clients. So ProSightly and Intero Advisory, um, we deliver these digital audits it's anywhere from social media to LinkedIn, um, but really centered around your website and that presence. So Matt, tell me a little bit about when you're looking at a website, what are the first things that, that you go in and say, okay, if I see these things, we, we need to probably have a deeper conversation.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, we break the the audits down into, you know, different subcategories, like different topics. You know, we, we look at user experience, the accessibility piece that you mentioned before, we definitely do a deep dive into your website's SEO. So that's a that's a big piece, and where a lot of our recommendations end up coming from because it's it's probably the hardest to get right for somebody who maybe built their website on their own or outsourced to you know web development agency that did, doesn't have the SEO background um, maybe. So you know their website looks. Looks good, but you know what we often hear is like it's the companies and organizations aren't getting out of their website what they they know they can based on like what they're seeing from competitors and uh, what they're hearing and reading online or or something like that. So that's a big piece, the SEO piece, um, and then we look at security and performance. And then you know the Inter- Intero team, you guys really do a deep dive into the other platforms surrounding their website. So obviously LinkedIn, but also the different uh, social platforms that make sense for um, a particular business or where they might be active. And I'd say like the other thing to add here is that, you know, a digital audit, we, we definitely do, we use software. So that's one side of it. So there's a software analysis piece, you know, using, you know, website crawlers to be able to scan your website to get information back. But then it's the other piece is you know, the human observation from a subject matter expert, like the Intera team and like our team to really add that, like, cause you're the tools that you use, the software that you use is not going to give you the whole picture. You kind of have to, you have to look at that, read into it and see what makes sense the most for, for this particular website or, or business. So I think that's important to, to highlight.
1: Yeah. I, with anything, I mean, obviously being more efficient, using technology to, to bolster what you're doing helps, but that, that personalization and that um, ability to est- extrapolate the data that you get, for sure. And I mean, Matt, just from working with you, not only at Intero, but with external clients, and then also the uh, website you built for us for Tetra, I know you have a, a keen eye for the user experience and all that front-end development, how things look. I mean, why do you think it's so important? Let's just back up and say, why is user experience so important for any website?
2: Yeah. So you, you want, you know, if you've done the, the hard work in getting people to your website, right? Like let's say you've written a ton of blog posts that are gaining a lot of traction um, or, or your service pages are set up, right? So people looking for your services are, are landing on your pages. But um, if you don't have, you know, call to action buttons in the right place or the website's not user friendly or, or mobile friendly um, they're, they're not going to, take that next step in reaching out to what your ultimate goal is, which is having them contact you and hire you for your service or, or buy something from your website. If you're, you know, if you have an e-commerce website, like Tetra or something. So, so that user experience piece, like getting in the mind and developing the front end uh, of your website so that it's, you're thinking about how the user is going to be using your website. It's extremely important because you'll be able to get, the conversions from the traffic that you are receiving to your website. So you know we'll we'll look at like you know the other piece to that too is making sure that it's you know um, aesthetically pleasing to to somebody on their website so that they're getting a professional or they're getting a positive reaction when they're landing on your website. You know their first their first reaction to landing on your website is not like oh these people haven't touched touched their website in a long time. I mean that's you know signaling. To somebody, uh, they're they're getting you know you're you're making an impression on somebody when they're viewing your website. So making sure that that's a positive experience, and then they're getting to the to the right places that that you want them to go. You know, it's it's extremely important. It's extremely important.
1: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting piece because I talk about the importance of the the headline and the background image on LinkedIn profiles, and people get really wrapped around like what actually is my background image, and it's it's more. And we use the word clean. I know you use the word clean um, when talking about design. It's more let's make this not detract and and really showcase the brand as opposed to let's try to pick something that we think is gonna. And I, I know we were talking about call to action buttons, and that's different. But just from a look and feel, let's do something that this person's gonna buy from us because or use our service because we have this. That's not the the case. It's really what's the brand? How professional do we need to? to promote that brand. And then what are we doing that, that doesn't detract from the level of, of service or le- level of product that we, we provide to people?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think another word to add, to extend on that thought is, you know, authenticity. I think having, you know, not using stock photos everywhere, you know, so that people don't feel like you're putting up a facade of who you you actually are. When somebody's on your website and they're reading your content, that it, it feels... Like it came from them, you know, especially if, you know, this person has been introduced to you or your business as like a referral, they want that all to to match up. Um, you know, if they get to your website and, you know, it's a referral, it's a really warm referral and they send, you get sent to their, their website and it just doesn't add up to all the positive things that somebody was, you know, saying about a particular business, then there's a disconnect and, you know, you could potentially lose that that referral or lose that customer. Yeah.
1: For sure. I know I've, I've bounced off a lot of websites for a lot of different reasons, but it's typically, if I really want to do business with the company, I still do. But there's a lot of times where I'm like, well, that just made my decision easy.
2: Yeah. Yep. Oh, I hear you.
1: So I know you said SEO, a deep dive on SEO and SEO has been always a conversation. Keywording is always a conversation. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about what you're looking at what is automated, and then what? How you're interpreting the data when it comes to looking at a, a company's presence from a, a search engine standpoint?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's, you know, SEO is a, a black box. So I mean, we could do 30 podcasts on on SEO for sure. But um, you know, at a high level, you know, one of the things that you know, I, especially with the audits that it, we really, I really look at is if they have the the technical SEO set up correctly. So what I mean by that is having, you know, having the right keywords in the right tags on the back end of the website. So like, you know, your title tags are accurate to what you're trying to drive traffic to the website for. Your and it matches up with those same keywords are then in your meta description and those same words are in your header tags and in the first paragraph and then used throughout the rest of the content on the page and you know, if your image has alt tags. So it's like the stuff behind the scene, like in the code. Uh, it's not like there, it's not like a coding hack where there's like some script that I can copy and paste into somebody's website on the back end that will like solve everything and drive a ton of traffic to your website. It's just the consistency of making sure you have those elements on the web on your web page that Google is looking for when determining where to send traffic to. So that that's definitely, you know, something that I look at first, because it's something that um, people often don't, don't get right. And and it's something that is really easy when you explain where those keywords need to go and how you set it up. You know, in our audits, we like to, especially for blog posts and stuff, we put in like, an, we put in an example blog that was set up from an SEO perspective correctly, where, you know, it starts with the keywords and then making sure those keywords are in the the list of tags that I had had just sent just explained and then um, then you have like a template to follow for future content so that you don't miss that for the rest of your website and then you know another huge one that is really easy to look at and is is really really hard to get right um, is the backlinking um, making sure your webs or looking at a company's website and seeing if other people on other websites are linking back to yours if you can get that you know and that that's what we call off-page seo it's where you know it's it's if you could get if you can get people referencing your website as a thought leader in your particular industry on on other blogs it's going to do wonders for your for your page ranks so i, th- I think that's another one that you know, people often don't have you know it's something that intero has done really well
1: do you get a lot of? Because that brings up a an interesting question for your clients. Do you see a lot of companies they're writing their own content or they're outsourcing? It?
2: Um, I I'd say it's a a, a good mix. Um, you know, I, honestly, like blogging is something that a lot of business businesses don't do and kind of ignore. I think it's this other piece of SEO that uh, that's huge. Like having having content and and generating good content on a, on a blog or a news section of your website, you know, I've seen it done both ways. I, you know, I, if you can do it internally, I think it should be done internally because bringing in an outsider to write content that is going to attract your target, your target audience, there's just like a disconnect because they don't know the inner workings of, you know, your sales process. And, you know, they're not privy to all the things that your customers are asking you or, you know, they're, they're really, they're, they're kind of blind to certain things that your internal team has knowledge of. And so if you can see where like, you know, we're getting a lot of questions, we're getting a lot of recurring questions and it's something Colleen talks about all the time, like how she comes up, has come up with topics for for Intero's blog is just by listening to the customer. And if there's recurring questions, write a blog about it because there's other people probably asking that similar question and typing it into Google and then you have an opportunity to intercept that person as a, a potential new new lead or prospect, or at least get, you know, brand recognition from somebody coming to your website. So when they are ready to make a buying decision, they might go come back to you. But to answer your original question, it really is a mix. And I've seen a lot of companies outsource it, but the best blogs and the ones who are driving the most traffic through their through their content are writing it internally.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. I- I, I figured it was definitely a split because I I see that I always ask that when I'm doing profile development. I love when someone describes himself as a thought leader, and then I ask if they write their own content. And I say, no, they <laughs> have a company right. that does that that is just a yep. general content writing company um, that has no specific expertise. It's kind of hard to call yeah. yourself a thought leader and uh, and not write the content yourself. Yeah,
2: I, I will say though, like so for for some for some people and, and some industries, you know, they they might just not. They might just not be able to, they don't have the staff. Like if you have a, you know, um, let's say a home a home improvement based business, you're a construction company or something, uh, your whole team's out in the field all day, you know, they're not trained writers, you know, it's, and you're too busy running your business. Like outsourcing somebody to write content your, for your a blog is going to be better than not doing it at all. So 100%. I will say, you know, yeah. So I think that's worth mentioning, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a good, interesting question you're
1: nicer than i was on that one <laughs> i always just am like hmm, that's kind of that's kind of interesting so uh but yeah you're 100 right i mean it does i mean it takes, content takes so much that we're constantly reevaluating for intero how we're we're managing this content so that's why when we're looking when when prositely is doing these deep dives on these websites um, to be able to to make suggestions and then let i'm i'm a big fan of this when it comes to our linkedin um suggestions but i'm i'm sure matt you're from what i've seen in your audits um you're a big fan of this too is, is letting people know what's like minimum effective dose or what are the the small changes they can make that don't add a ton of time or just i wouldn't say hacks but if you have those field guys if they could just record themselves talking about something they're doing in the field and then you provide that to the content writer that makes you the thought leader and it saves you time so i think that efficiency piece is, is huge the Google My Business part—I know uh, you didn't touch on that, but I, I definitely wanted to ask you about that because it's uh, the other day I was trying to find a company and they—they they were on. You know what it was? This is embarrassing. i, I lost the key to uh, my brother's car. He let me borrow. Um, <laughs> misplaced it. I found it as soon as I paid the locksmith. But I—I uh, I did lose the key. Had to pay a locksmith. I could not find this company on Google My Business and or on Google at all. I know they exist. I know where they are. I know where their storefront is and they lost the business and I had to go with somebody else because I could not find them real fast to be able to call and have an emergency lockout. So I guess real quick, talk about the Google My Business page for anybody uh, who doesn't know what it is and, and why it's important.
2: Yeah, I, I, we could probably, you know, make, a note, make note of this topic and do a, an entire podcast on it. But it's something that the, your Google My Business Profile gets you listed and pinned on Google Maps, so it's extremely important. Google has sort of changed their their search results. So if you if you are searching for anything that Google thinks it, you're looking for a local business above the organic results, you know the just the organic text links results, um, and bef- and after the uh, Google Ad results, they put a map and then list businesses um, underneath that. Uh, And so you can get a ton of really targeted, really good traffic uh, to, to your business listing on Google Maps if you've created your profile and set it up the way Google wants and then work to get reviews and post pictures. And if you're using that tool, Google really rewards you. And it's one of their main, the reason they're doing this is it's one of their main um, way. So it's like a free, it's a free service. You can set it up yourself. You don't have to pay anything to set up your Google, my business profile, but they, they, they advertise Google ads like heavily in the Google, my business profile dashboard. Um, So they want users to come there, see the results, then see like, Oh, I can also, you know, pay for some ad space that gets me even above the map. So they've really started promoting that service much more especially within the last like 12 months nine months um, so it's something that if you're doing business locally you know if you are a restaurant um, you're you know home in the home improvement space it's really important locksmiths right like you needed somebody nearby to come help unlock your car um, you know if you're if you're looking for locksmith near me or a locksmith in Baltimore you know there' Google's using the map to give you results rather than just um, text results, because it's the easiest way for them to be able to send you somebody who's close to you. Um, You know, you you don't want what basically, and these can be extremely popular search terms. So these bigger companies, like the business aggregator websites are the ones that kind of like ruined it but like you know you'll get underneath the the map now you'll get like the angie's list website you'll get you know like all the different uh business directory websites instead of finding like you know i just want the website of the locksmith like take me to that page so i can get his phone number and and get him here as quickly as possible so they they'd rather list the individual businesses ahead of all those websites so that it gets the user to the the business that they need in the quickest amount of time. So, that so that's one that like we always look at in the audits. Um, like if you're doing business locally and you haven't set up your Google My Business profile, you're you're really losing business because somebody in your industry has has done it and is getting phone calls and and uh, contact form submissions. And and I found in my like that was one of the things in in my business that I did that you know I've gotten some of the best the best inquiries from people seeing me on the map and wanting to work with somebody that, you know, we still do all our, all our calls and all our stuff digitally, but just the fact and the peace of mind knowing that I'm like in the same city as them, like it makes them want to do business with me versus somebody who, you know, might be overseas or in a different time zone or something like that. So it's really important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's like, so like if we were doing an audit, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about that, that locksmith, because they, they definitely missed out on business. And I can't be the only one, but they, it wouldn't be like if we did an audit for them, it wouldn't be like we'd be like, oh, you need to build a ton of LinkedIn profiles and do a ton of LinkedIn and you need to do a ton of as you know, the first recommendation would be like, get on Google My Business, get that built out and stop missing out on just what I would call low hanging fruit. I was just looking for a Timonium locksmith and they didn't show yeah,
2: up. 100%. 100%. <laughs> crazy. Uh, and, and- yeah, and, and, it, and I was thinking of an example before we jumped on that's kind of like along the same lines because there's so much there's so much noise in you know the digital marketing space. Like, you know, there's a new blog post or a new TED talk or you know, some groundbreaking webinar or something that's being advertised to you, a new tool. But like, you know, I, I was sitting with a uh, somebody in the home improvement space and 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 they were talking, you know, that somebody on their team was like, oh, we, you know, we're, we think we should do some, what do you think about us doing some TikTok videos of like, uh, you know, us fixing something, right? I was like, well, just like doesn't really make a whole lot of sense when 60% of TikTok users are 13 to 24 and don't own homes. So it's like, and, but like tour, you know, they, they saw some blog post that said they needed to be on TikTok and like that's not, a really effective use of your time. So that's really what we're trying to do with the audits is giving business, a business or organization information, information, so they can make good decisions on where to spend their time and energy to get the goal, to see the results that they're, that they're looking for rather than just shooting at the hip and hoping something works. Right. So
1: like uh, companies, that I got, like what, five, 10 years ago, five years ago, I got to be on Twitter because Twitter, everyone's on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, it really makes sense to be on Twitter. I have a, I have a Twitter profile because my the owner of my company was in that mindset because he heard it from their marketing guy and right. we all had to get a Twitter and it's the only reason I ever had a Twitter and no one looked at the Twitter um, around solar panels. So it was, it was interesting. Well, um, yeah. we'll uh, let's hold off on the, the social media piece of it just because definitely want to keep these episodes bite-sized for um, yep. yep. a run or a quick car ride. Uh, so Matt, on the, the website piece, I really appreciate your time today. If you can give me a truth, tool, and a tip uh, for the audience,
2: yeah. So, so the truth that you know, I uh, I just want to kind of re- I just want to reiterate because you know if you hear this podcast and you you know you search for digital audit or something, you're going to find a lot of the software piece. Right, mm-hmm. you're going to find a lot of a lot of websites that'll you know just punch in your 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 URL and we'll give you a you know a website audit. Uh, for free. And, and that's maybe a good place to start, but a good digital audit is going to be that combination of that software piece. And then having it looked at by a subject matter expert or somebody who's in the weeds with it every day, knowing like who can, who can filter out what's not important to you and what, what really is important to you and that low hanging fruit that you can, you know, which will give you the best use of, of your time. So I think that's kind of the truth there. Cause you'll get a lot of uh, you'll see a lot of, Advertising and marketing—that you know, this tool is going to give you all the you know all the secrets to to unlocking your website for your business.
1: Just like uh, WebMD will tell you if you have a, a <laughs> right. arm, a hurt arm, a sprained arm, or you're yeah. dying—all um, yeah, in the exactly. same result filter from their automated system. It's uh, it can be helpful and it can be beneficial for sure, but you definitely need that expert to uh, to take a look yeah. at it. Um, awesome. All right, so now let's go tip.
2: So, so I, I, there's probably a lot of people out there that have, you know, heard of Squarespace. Uh, and this is kind of like a real niche tip, but I think it, it, it you know, if you're on Squarespace, go and look to see, because Squarespace does not by default add a meta description to your web pages. So it's all, often like the, anytime we do an audit for a, um, for a Squarespace site, it, it very frequently there's what the, the software will spit back is saying that, your web pages don't have meta descriptions and and that's one of like the first places google looks when looking at your keywords to your website so if you're on squarespace go to your web pages there's an seo tab and then fill in that like text box um, with a good description of what the content the rest of the content on your page is because that's where you know the search engines are looking for what your web pages are about
1: awesome and now tool right Yep.
2: tool. So, um, there's a Chrome extension that I use. Um, it's Uber suggest Chrome extension. Um, and we'll, we'll provide link links to, to these things, right? Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah. So uh, Uber Suggest has a Chrome extension. So when you're on Google, uh, browsing things, it'll give you information back to you about, um, you know, the difficulty of a keyword or, and, the really important one of how many searches are being performed for specific keywords. So it, that, that gives you information to know exactly what people, like the most people are searching for around your your services or, or your business. So like an example, I was just doing this today, actually, the I typed in this for, for Intero, I typed in sales navigator training into Google, which would be, you would think would be a good keyword for Intero. And it it's okay. But the it was only getting 90 searches per month. And that might be on a a multiplier. I don't know, it might be 10X that, but the Chrome extension tool was telling me that 90 searches were happening and then there were 170. So almost double the amount of searches were actually coming in for LinkedIn sales navigator training. So having that, the word LinkedIn before sales navigator training is actually gonna generate you more uh, search results. So it's important to us to know that for like, let's say we had a landing page, centered around LinkedIn sales navigator training or sales navigator training, but we were leaving out the word LinkedIn, which we wouldn't have. But if we left out the word LinkedIn, we would potentially be missing out on 170 additional potential searches for a service that you know we could potentially provide. So that Chrome extension gives you a lot of information around picking the right keywords that you should get into your your website for SEO. So.
1: Awesome. I think we, we covered a lot. Anything else that you want to add? Or are we good?
2: I think we're good. I think we, uh, I think we went over the time limit. So
1: yeah, someone can go enjoy an extra, extra mile on their run if they're listening to this while yeah, uh, exactly. While well, uh, if you have not yet, definitely check out the pro sightly website, reach out to Matt and Matt that's Matt tour and Matt yep. Cully um, as a individual client of Matt's Intero being a client of Matt's Matt being a teammate of ours on the Intero team. Um, and then also seeing, and working on some of these projects together with uh, the the ProSightly team, I definitely think you're you're doing a disservice to yourself and your business if you're not at least having them take a look at your website. So definitely reach out to them. Um, contact information will be in the show notes, but the easiest way probably just send Matt a, a connection on LinkedIn.
2: Yep, find me on find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. I appreciate the uh, recommendation, Jim. That was really nice of you. Yeah, of course. All right, see you guys. See you.
0: Connect with us on LinkedIn, get to know us there and on our website, interoadvisory.com. We have lots of valuable content and inside our membership site and even more beyond that. Thanks for listening. We appreciate a shout out on your preferred channel, a review, or a comment on what you'd like to hear us discuss. You can listen in on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and other channels. Check out our tutorials on our YouTube channel too. Until next time, thanks for joining.